0: A really warm welcome to the teaching ministry of New Life Church Crawley. We're a multicultural, intergenerational church. and We believe in the gospel of Christ. We believe in spreading his love through his word and through his works. We really hope that you enjoy what you hear today. We'd love for you to connect with us via the usual social media outlets, such as Facebook or on our website. Okay, bit of a question for you. As you're taking your seats, what do you think is the most famous Christmas song? Joy to the world. world. You're you're being very spiritual. So, Away in a Manger. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I think we're getting closer to what people really think. Now, what? Anything else? All I want for Christmas. Any Mar- Maria Curry fans? Oh, that's that's a, a good one too. Well, <laughs> you're showing your age, David. David's an old rocker. Um, when he used to have her. Um, I, I'm going to play a little clip that I saw. It was very funny. There's a couple of guys, they get a little bit excited, but we'll let them off because it's Christmas. And they have what they call, they have a, a YouTube channel and, and they're on social media and they call it Sanctifying Secular Songs. They are absolutely brilliant guys. So they take all all the well-known songs, all the themes that you will know, and especially if you've been around discos, Rose, in your younger days. <laughs> all the disco Davis. I can see a lot of chair dancing happening in a moment. Well this is one you'll know the tune. and I won't say more. They get a little bit excited. So let's play that video. secular songs Christmas, Christmas edition. edition. Today we're sanctifying All, All I, I want, want for Christmas is you. It's
1: time <laughs> So
0: do this one. Carlos was saying before, this is a challenge to us. It's a challenge because you could totally just sing it to God on its own for the most part. Something I just want your presence, you know, something something like here with me. I like that. <laughs> Just hear about, about your presence. Holy Spirit, humble me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just
0: want the Holy Ghost oh. more than you could ever know. Let my life be. Real. Oh, Bye. Bye. All
1: right, I think we figured it out. Yes, sir, we did. <laughs> I don't want a lot for Christmas. you everything for I need.
0: have to say that's slightly worrying because your clapping was better for that than it was for the worship song uh, we'll let you off with that i'm going to do some announcements and and then we'll pray and, and head into god's word so for those of you who um are our guests we welcome you god bless you uh we know some thoughts and andrews had a service Uh, but they don't this morning. So we welcome some guests from St. Andrews as well. If you're watching online, uh, I know some of you have been traveling and uh, some of you are sick. So if you're at home watching online, God bless you. We hope you enjoy your time with us as well. So those of you who want to, you can stay connected in a number of ways. The app that we use is very similar to WhatsApp called Signal. Uh, and you can stay connected uh, through all the activities and events that are happening. Uh, we're on all the usual social media channels that are there for you as well. So God bless you. Next slide, please. So tomorrow there is a Christmas Day service. Ian and Liz will be running that. And Ian assures me he's got a special suit for Christmas Day. If you've never seen it, it's worth coming just to see one of Ian's Christmas suits. It is something to behold. So it's a very short service. Tomorrow, 10 a.m., please note the change of time. If you come at 10.45, you will be locking up on your way out. So it's 10 a.m. to 10.45 strictly, so go for that. Next slide, please. Uh, just to let you know that um, in between Sundays of this week the office and and stuff will be closed so you won't get hold of us we're obviously here next Sunday I'll explain that uh, in a minute Uh, but during the week this week uh, we'll have the opportunity to spend time with our families and friends as you will be doing so the office will be closed so uh, if you need emergency care then ring 999 and uh, yeah because my phone will be off so next Sunday morning, um, uh, we'll have a normal uh, service here again as we, we head into the, the new year, last Sunday of the of the year. And then in the evening, we're doing something slightly different. Uh, uh, Grace is going to lead us. Do you know where your mind goes blank for a second? Grace is going to lead us in uh, a praise and crossover service for the evening. For those of you who have been around church a long time, we used to have those watch night services. Remember those? where we gather together. Now, here's a question for you. And it's important you answer this truthfully. How many of you plan to come? And how many of you would like to do a little bit of food before we start the service? Who's coming and who would like a little bit of food? Mm, You're coming? Not sure. Okay. Okay. Shall we have a little bit of food? Yes? Yes? Well, I promise, uh, no quiche, no turkey, that's the deal. Shall we do a little bit of food, yeah? So come about quarter to ten, we'll do some food and then have some fun. I, I think it's just a good way to do it. Food always works. Jesus did a lot of stuff around food. Uh, so good enough for Jesus, good enough for, for us, huh? So yeah, let's do that and uh, we'll have a bit of fun together and see you in the new year. Next slide, please. As always, we, we talk about giving. For those of you who are observant, you may have noticed uh, Ian has installed a new terminal at the back. It's not quite operational yet because we had some glitches with the software, uh, but it will be up and running in the new year for, for anyone who's visitors and want to, wants to give electronically. For those of you who are regular, then we encourage you to give by standing order. It's the way that the ministry of the church is fulfilled. It's why we're able to do the stuff that we've done in South Africa, India, Pakistan, Nigeria, and all the other places we have strong connections with. For those of you who are online, you can use the the QR code uh, to scan that's on screen for you now. So thank you for those of you who have given us faithfully this year. We really appreciate that, uh, and it's very important in the life of the church. So... We have feasting first. <coughs> Carol's laughing because you know what comes after the feasting? Fasting. Fasting. Not quite starving because we're doing a Daniel fast. So we are allowed to eat, um, but it's, Daniel fast is a very restricted diet. I've put a web page together that you can use that QR code to scan or it's newlifecrawley.church forward slash fasting 2024. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on there about recipes. There's a lot of stuff on there about the importance of fasting. Um, there's a, a little short introductory video. Um, there's a, a lot of downloads you can have. There's a couple of um, links to messages that I've done on previous years on fasting. If you're new to fasting and the concept of it, um, then I encourage you to look at that. Look at the webpage. It's important to prepare spiritually for that. Listen, I, I'm, I'm going to eat too much at Christmas just like you. There's going to be mince pies consumed. There's going to be various other things. We're all going to eat too much. So when we come to the new year, it's physically good to do it but it's also spiritually good to to do it. And I would encourage you to prepare a couple of days ahead before the 7th when we begin. And just begin to detox from caffeinated drinks and caffeine and all of those things. It really helps uh, with any potential headaches. But on the Daniel Fast, there is a lot of good stuff you can eat and it always is very useful to do. But it's important that you recognize it's voluntary. Though we're doing it together, no one is forced to do it. You don't have to do it. It's a good spiritual discipline, um, but no one is forced to do it. It's it's there for you to do. But if you do intend to do it, I would say come in with the right. If you're going to complete it, you're going to do it to the best of your ability uh, as an honor to God. So all the information is on the website. Uh, so if you're bored on Boxing Day, uh, you can go and have a look and see what you're preparing for. I think that's all the announcements, is it? So let's pray and then we'll get stuck into God's word. Father, we thank you uh, for this season. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you for all the preparation that we can do. Uh, And as we look forward into uh, the new year and all you want to do in us and through us, we pray your blessing on us as we prepare to seek your face. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to need a little bit of help. Ian, if you'd take the microphone round because I'm going to ask a couple of questions and I I need some answers back from you today. Who loves surprises? Hands up if you love surprises. Oh, what's the the best surprise you've ever had, Carol? Or what's the best Christmas surprise you've ever had? It's a microphone, don't worry. (laughs) I'm hungry. It's not a lollipop. (laughs) What's the best surprise you've ever had?
1: Oh, I gotta think now.
0: Okay. This is given the rest of you time.
1: And <laughs> Christmas.
0: We'll come back to Carol. What's the best Christmas surprise you've ever had? Getting the Xbox. Xbox. <laughs> yeah, he thinks it's his. A Lamborghini. A Lamborghini. I'm assuming that's a toy one. A PS5. PS5. A PS5. That was your best Christmas present. Wow. Okay. Going to the cinema. Going to the cinema. What did you see? This one. Elf. Elf. Oh, Elf is funny, isn't it? It's, it's one of those Christmas classics. Along with the wonderful life, it's good to watch. Any other. What's, what's been your best Christmas surprise? Maybe we should have asked Sinead, huh? Yeah. Uh, any others? No, that's it. Okay. Now, I want you to think about some surprise. I'm going to put up a, oh, Bethany's going to put up a couple of pictures for us. I want you to see who's the quickest to get what Bible stories these pictures represent because they all represent the surprising element of the story. So next slide, please. David and Goliath. You don't have to put your hand up. We're not in school. It's okay. Kerry's the teacher, not me. Bad teacher, good teacher. That's how it works. That's not true, it's not true. That's an easy one, isn't it? Very good, well done. Next one. Wow, you're way too clever. You're on the ball, huh? Next one. Yeah, you know, you don't, it's not say what you say. It's not catchphrase. It's, it's, what story does it represent? Give the 5,000. You know, all of those stories, David and Goliath, that was a surprise that a young boy taking his lunch to his brothers would be used to kill the giant in the land. Jonah, there's a lot of surprises in that story. It's not Jonah and the whale, it's Jonah and the fish, remember that. And also, Jonah, the prophet of God, runs in the opposite direction to what God tells him. And not only that, the story of Jonah leaves us with a little element of suspense. It's a cliffhanger at the end of season four. Because Jonah is left and he's angry. And it's not what you expect. The story's never quite resolved. Moses parting the Red Sea. Moses led the people out of the children, the children of Israel out of Egypt. And they were happy for mm, a day or so. <laughs> and then they come to the Red Sea and they said, "Why has God brought us here to kill us?" Moses fell back into the corner, but God opened up the way. And Jesus feeding the 5000, you know, some of the pictures they have, it wasn't a whole salmon. <laughs> Do you know it wasn't it was a boy's lunch. It was sardines and a couple of baps as we would say in Northern Ireland. <laughs> huh? sardines and a couple of bouts, a couple of rolls, a couple of bread rolls. This was nothing glorious, and yet God took that. That's a surprising element of the story. you know God is a God of surprises? He is. In fact, the Bible is very clear. Isaiah 55 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. There's no way we would have chosen the Christmas story and the way it worked out. There's no way we'd have we'd have chosen to, to bring God in a little vulnerable baby. You've seen little Malachi all wrapped up there, all snuggling. Who, who would have thought that God would come in the form of a baby? We would never have chosen that. And the 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 carol that we sing, away in a manger, no crying he makes. <clears throat> Not so sure about that one, are you? all babies cry at some point, huh? But that's one of the challenges we face in secular society is misunderstanding the message and misunderstanding this focus. I want you to think about this. Next slide, please, Bethany. We've made it about presence rather than presence. And it's so easy even for us who are followers of Christ to fall into that, isn't it? We get so stressed we get so busy, we get so head up on all the preparations we have to make that we think it's all about having the perfect present and we forget that the Christmas story is actually about his presence. The theological term and the Bible term uh, that, that's often used is this idea of incarnation. The incarnation, that that's the big theological word and it simply means from the Latin to make into flesh that's what John says in John chapter 1 and the word became flesh And made his dwelling amongst us. It's God becoming flesh. And that helps us understand so much about God. It helps us understand about God's love. About God's plan. About God's purpose. About God's salvation. The incarnation is fundamental to every other doctrine. Every other teaching in the New Testament. Because it leads on to everything else. It's so deeply rooted in our teaching. But what does it mean for us? How does it apply to our lives? I want to suggest a couple of things in this story. Firstly, the incarnation means we have the miracle of forgiveness. The miracle of forgiveness. It's not on 34th Street. It's on the Glade. It's on the High Street. It's on your street. The miracle of forgiveness. But but let's be honest. That miracle of forgiveness and that story and that concept is not something that always drives people. The circumstances, values, and emotions that drive people. Psychologists have suggested these are the five things that drive most people in life. I wonder, can you identify, have you identified with these? Guilt. A lot of people live struggling with guilt. That's why doctor surgeries are full. Not just because of physical sickness. It's often the deeper stuff. That's why psychiatrists, that's why psychologists, that's why counselors will never be out of business. What about resentment and anger? You know, Christmas can raise a lot of issues for people, can't it? Things that are unresolved, things that are stuffed down. Bev and I have been watching a little therapy session that's been online, not because we need it, but in preparation for the bereavement course, and. A guy talks about some loss and he realized that in touch with his loss, there was a lot of resentment and anger in dealing with that. But people can be driven by that. People can be driven by fear. Fear of illness, fear of not having enough, fear of not being enough or being good enough. Materialism. You know, there's some people you meet, they never have enough It's always the next car, or the next house, or the next promotion, or the next... It's always next, it's always next, always that driven to obtain stuff that actually doesn't satisfy in the long run anyhow. What about the final one that can often drive people? The need for approval. Ouch. That hurts a little, doesn't it? Because I think we can all identify that somewhere along the line... We've had that focus, we've seen that, the need for approval. But the good news in the Christmas story is that as Jesus comes to earth fully human, because he was tired and then he was hungry and he did get angry at times, he did get sad, he did get frustrated. All of the things that, that we face yet without sin, he was fully human, fully divine. He, he willingly took on humanity while retaining his divine nature. And that incarnation fulfills that promise that fulfills that prophecy that was told hundreds of years ago in Isaiah. Isaiah seven fourteen, A virgin would conceive and bear a son named Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Isaiah 9. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting father prince of peace that was prophesied hundreds of years before and jesus came and he took those attributes and he took those titles because he came fully god fully human and by becoming human he identifies with our weaknesses He's the, he identifies with those in-laws that we will say hello and thank you that you're leaving <laughs> He'll identify with those difficult people in our life. He identifies with all that we have experienced, all the wrestles, all the struggles, all the things that drive us. But through Jesus, because he is the Savior, because he came to save his people from their sins, Matthew one twenty one. because of that, humanity can be reconciled to God. That's the essential of the Christmas story. Matthew one twenty one. She will give birth to a son, And you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from the sins. You know, many of us don't need much more stuff at Christmas, do we? But we all need to know that our sins are forgiven. We all need to know that we have peace with God and that it is possible through that Christmas story. I love the message version of Romans 3. It's on screen for you now. This is a paraphrase. God sacrificed Jesus on the altar of the world to clear that world of sin. Having faith in him sets us in the clear. God decided on this course of action in full view of the public to set the world in the clear with him through the sacrifice of Jesus. Finally taking care of the sins of the world that he had patiently endured. This is not only clear, but it's not. this is current history. God sets things right. He also makes it possible for us to live in his rightness. Isn't that a good thing to know? Whatever we've done, whatever we've been, whatever the stuff we wouldn't want others to know, that we can live in his rightness, his righteousness, that he gives that to us as a gift that we accept through Jesus Christ we can know because of the Incarnation, the miracle of forgiveness. Secondly, the Incarnation means that we can have, that we do have majesty in the mess. Many of you will know the famous song, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? the child that you delivered will soon deliver you and one of the challenges we we have around the whole christmas story is the the picture postcard image that's really a victorian image it's it's not a bible image but that that image of a, you know a perfectly clean stable a perfectly clean environment with the wise men there where in fact the bible records there weren't necessarily three wise men we're not told that and they actually came later, anything up to when Jesus would have been a toddler, which is why Herod wanted to kill those two years and under. So this scene that you have all the shepherds and all the wise men together, it's not the story of the Bible. It's a lot more messy than that. It takes a lot longer to occur. And I know sometimes we we think in, in our story that, that when God speaks, it should be instant. <laughs> that all our prayers should should happen instantly. But even in his birth, there was a whole process. Even in the revelation of Jesus, there was a whole process. It's a lot more messy in our lives. Luke chapter 2, verse 32 to 35 says this. He, that is Jesus, is a light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce, pierce your very soul. Do you, do you see how God works? In the midst of that, that blessing, in the midst of what God is doing, that a saviour is coming, in the midst of that, there's going to be a sense of division. There's going to be a sense of judgment because people will have to choose if they're going to follow Jesus. And not everyone did. Even though the message was good news, not everyone came in good news. And what about Mary? holding that baby, an eight-day-old baby. Do you think she really knew? Do you think she understood everything? I don't think she did. Jesus had to grow in his understanding of his calling, and I think Mary did as well, because they were surprised, remember, when he was 12 years old, they find him teaching at the temple. They didn't know where to look for him. They lost him for three days. (coughs) Thank God there was no social services in those days, huh? Mary didn't quite understand everything, and yet this message comes: yes, there's a blessing, but actually a sword is going to pierce your own soul too. And I think that's what we have to learn in the majesty and in the mess. It's both together. We we just sometimes want to picture postcard perfect Christmas, don't we? Doesn't always happen. Pastor Marbelly's here from Brighton, and she was hoping to go and see her family at Christmas. Couldn't get a visa appointment till January. Disappointing, isn't it? But that's the majesty of the story, but the mess and the reality of some life. The majesty of human birth for Sinead, but there's going to be some sleepless nights at some point. There is going to be some tears at some point. There's going to be stuff. There. I don't know what to do. What do you do? I don't know. It's your first baby. You haven't a clue what you're meant to be doing. The majesty is in the mess folks Paul says it this way 2nd Corinthians 7 again the message version remember our, our message is not about ourselves we're proclaiming Jesus Christ the master all we are is messengers errand runners from Jesus for you it started when God said light up the darkness and our lives filled with the light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ all bright and beautiful If you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this uh, precious message around in the unadorned clay pots in our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us, he lives. Our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us folks I really want you to grasp that this majesty in the mess in our mess the, the ordinaryness of the, the, the ordinariness of these jars of clay the funeral service will will often say from dust you came and to dust you return we are fragile we are weak but God chooses to use us the majesty in the mess want to show a little video, kids you'll like this video as well so you can watch the screen talking a little bit about the majesty and the mess. Thank
1: you. Wrapping paper might be the answer. I mean just look at everyone else with their perfect bodies and immaculate style, their clean little coats and their cute little smiles. What hope have I got to ever impress? Compared to them my life is a mess. But if I was wrapped up, then no one could see the rips and the cracks and the screw up that's me. The paper would cover all my faults and my flaws. I'd look just the same as the others because I would be shiny, attractive, exciting. People would see me as something inviting. If you ask what I wish for this Christmas time, here is my answer. I just want to hide. happened you would think i'd be cheerful but here is the thing i'm actually more fearful i know it sounds weird but now that i'm covered i'm scared of the moment when i'm truly discovered i know it can't last this is not the real me i'm dreading the moment when i'm actually seen what will they think what will they say disappointment disgust as they throw me away this is it here we go my heart is racing nowhere to hide now to my facing. The paper is ripped and thrown to one side. Everything's bright as the light hits my eye. But wait, what is this? Can this really be true? You're seeing me and I'm seeing you with hands that are caring and eyes that are kind. You pick me up and love what you find cannot be because of my beauty. It must be because of what you will do with me. You bind up my wounds and you clean up my pores. And now I am loved, but not because I am so perfect, so clean and so great, but because you saw me and you did not hate, but loved me, restored me. You made me clean. Now this is real freedom to be truly seen. What could be better for Christmas this year? A prince of peace who scatters our fear. Yes, God is the maker, but we hide from him. Here is our problem, it's what is called sin. It leads to a mess, so we wrap ourselves up. We fear being seen, but that doesn't stop God from coming to find us, sending his son. He so loves this world that Jesus has come. He loves us, restores us. He makes us clean. This Christmas, find freedom. This Christmas, be seen.
0: That beautiful little video. But it's true of our lives. The the majesty of God is in the mess. It's it's in the ordinariness. It's in the, the ruffled up teddy bear And sometimes we do, we we try and hide because we fear being known. But the truth is, the Bible says that nothing in creation is hidden from God's sight. Nothing in creation. God knows us intimately. He formed us when we were in our mother's womb. He knows us in and out. And he loves us completely. God loves you not because he doesn't see the stuff that others don't see. Not because of the mess, but he came for the mess. The majesty is in the mess. Don't hide from God this Christmas because you're struggling with something, because you're wrestling with something. Bring it to him. Bring it to him. The incarnation means we have the miracle of forgiveness. The incarnation means we have the majesty in the mess. And finally, the incarnation means we have the opportunity to worship the king. I love that carol, Oh, come all you faithful the words get to the point where he says oh come let us adore him oh come let us adore him and I, I love presence as much as anyone but really it's his presence that makes the difference it's his presence that brings the peace that brings the forgiveness it's his presence that brings that confidence to face the future not because everything's certain but because he is He is the God he is. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the one who's the beginning and the end. Christmas really is an opportunity to worship him. And I would encourage you, if you haven't made time to to reread the story this Christmas or listen to it, amidst the busyness and amidst all the things you have to do, will you pause and just come to that place of worship? Not, Not when we're gathered here simply, but on your own, Will you just come to that place and take a few minutes and say, God, I come to worship you? Because that's the essence of the story. Matthew 2 says this, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, during the time of King Herod, Magi, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Verse 11, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh that we might worship him. What treasures do you have to bring to him? What treasures do you have to unpack to him? What treasures can you give to God? See, worship isn't simply about singing a few songs. It's actually about giving all of our lives. It's giving every part of our lives. It's not just for Sundays. Jesus is not just for Christmas. In the same way that dogs are not just for Christmas. Isn't that the famous sticker they used to have? Dogs aren't just for Christmas. Well, neither is Jesus. And he's not just for Sundays. The Bible declares it this way. Romans 12 verse 1. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be holy, a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is the way to truly worship him. So if you think you're doing God a favor by singing him a few songs, you're missing the whole point of worship. In fact, the words that are used here in worship have to do with all of your life. Actually, they have to do with service. Because in our serving and in our serving others, that's our worship to God as well. And in presenting our bodies as living sacrifices, in presenting our treasure to him, this is the way to worship him. It's not just the songs that we sing. Jesus put it very clearly about our lives and about it being all of our lives when he began his public ministry. Mark 1:15. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom is near. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. That's why Jesus came. He came to give us that message that we can repent, that we can do that U-turn and we can begin to live for him, not just the presence, but his presence. Not just one day a year or, or one season a year, but all of our lives every part of our lives coming. Repentance means turning away from all that we know is wrong and turning towards him and believe the good news. The good news is that Jesus came to bring us back into relationship with him. He took our sins upon the cross that we could know him and be in relationship. We finish with the words Of it's a little bit of a a strange and mysterious Christmas carol. It was written originally in 1710 and then translated into English about 1851. Beautiful tune, and I've listened to it several times over the Christmas season already. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Ransom, captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Emmanuel has come. The Saviour has come. That's why it is good news to the world. The opportunity of peace for all mankind. And we can rejoice in the season. Whatever the mess that's going on around us, whatever the mess that's going on in our lives, whatever the mess that's going on in our world, the King has come. The kingdom of God has come and we can receive it. For some of you, you maybe have never done that with a number of things that that we believe can help you. There's a number of booklets at the back that explain a little bit of that Christmas story, that explain a little bit about what it means to be in relationship with him because it's not about religion. I come from Northern Ireland, I've had enough of religion. Religion doesn't work. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's some booklets at the back that will help you explain that. There also should be a slide because on our website, we have a, a website page, newlifecrawley.church forward slash explore. And you can go and you can have a look at it. There's a number of videos on that web page that will, will help explain a little bit more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. The fact that he is keen And therefore, we must worship him with all of our lives. So we're going to pray together. We're going to make room for him just as they eventually made room for him at what was described as the inn. We want to make room for God in our lives, don't we? Wherever we are in our relationship with God, whether we've not come to that place of faith yet and we need to take the first step of saying yes to him of following him of turning away and turning to him of repenting and believing the good news you can do that today or whether you've been on the road 50, 60 years the message still applies we have to come and worship the king would you just pause for a moment and in your hearts just begin to do that just begin to tell the Lord that this Christmas you will make room for him you will make him a priority you will worship him not just with the songs that you sing but with all of your life Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed the teaching. We'd love to hear from you, so please contact us. All the details can be found on our website. God bless.